0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. In Psalm 34, as we come into worship together, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. And Then in verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Please pray with me. Lord, may we today... Lord, as we gather together, Lord, may we taste and see that you, Lord, are good. Lord, today, uh, may we learn again to take refuge in you. Because, Lord, yours is the name that is above every name. Because, Lord, you are the God who spoke all things into existence, You are the God who sustains all things. And Lord, you're the God who looked at your people, those whom you created. You saw us in our sin and our helplessness, and you said, I'm going to do something about that. And so, Lord, you sent your Son. And it's because of what Jesus has done that we can stand before you today as your children and we can praise the name of a God who is both holy and righteous and just and a God who is merciful and gracious and abounding in love to those who are called by his name. And so Lord, as we worship you today, we ask that you would meet with us for the glory of your name and because that is for our good. Lord, as we turn to your word here in just a moment, Lord, we pray that you would use it, um, that it would be, Lord, both convicting um, in our hearts, but Lord, that it also would be encouraging, encouraging because, Lord, we look to see that you are at work today as you were yesterday, and that you will be at work in the future, Lord, as you've always been. So speak to us through it. We ask, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, if you are, um, if you have your Bibles with you, um, there in your homes, will you turn with me um, to Genesis chapter eighteen? And we're going to look at um, verses nine through fifteen. Um, but as we do, you see, you see on the screen behind me, we're in this series, just people like you and me, and we're, looking, we're going through a series of, of people in the Old Testament. Uh, many of them appear later in the New Testament, and they're commended for their faith. Uh, but what you'll, what we'll see through this series is that while they are commended for their faith, uh, they have plenty of struggles of their own, just like, just like we do. And so today, uh, the title of this, this sermon is, I Can't Believe It. Now, when I think, I can't believe it, uh, most of my I-can't-believe-it moments, and, and maybe this is true for some of you, um, have to do with sports. Um, whether it was when we, when I was playing in Little League and we came back from nine runs down in the last inning to win, I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Or maybe I can't believe that now the state of Georgia in one year's time frame has two uh, two championships. Can you believe that? It's kind of hard to believe. Um, or, you know, you, you go back to the 1980 occurrence where, Um, The U.S. amateur hockey team um, beat the the Russian hockey team made of complete professionals. One of the greatest upsets of all the time. And the announcer is like, I can't believe this just happened. Do you believe in miracles? But today, we're going to look at a different type of thing that causes us to say, I can't believe it. This is surrounding the promises of God. You know, in, in, in our lives... We might say, I, I really can't believe that God is good. I see too many other things going on, and so I, I can't believe that he's good. Maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus today, that's something that, that really you're really struggling with. Or you may say, I can't believe that God would still love me. You may have grown up in the church, you may have followed him, you may have um, sung the songs in Sunday school and learned the different verses, but, but right now you're struggling with I can't believe that God would really love me because you don't know the things I've done as a teenager, as a college student, as a young adult. Or maybe it's I can't believe that there's really nothing that can separate me from his love or I can't believe that he would save those people. What we're going to see today is that there are times when I can't believe it, but God can still do it. And so we're going to look again, I told you, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 15, but let me give you a little background as we come to that. So what's going on here is that the Lord, in, in the form of, of, of a man, um, we, the theological term for that is in the pre-incarnate Christ, um, Jesus, Jesus came and he's speaking with Abraham, and he's, he's come with two others in the form of men with the intention of bringing judgment on the city of Sodom because Sodom was so evil and, and so full of wickedness that he was coming to bring judgment there. But they come to Abraham first... Uh, to have a meal with him, you'll remember from last week John talked about the promises God had made with Abraham, and so they come to him first to have a meal with him, symbolizing the promise and, and peace that, Abraham, that, that symbolizing that the promise and peace that Abraham had with God was still in place. And so we pick up in verse nine uh, where the Lord is talking to Abraham. Verse nine it says, "And they, the Lord and, and those with him, said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife?' Why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. As we look at this passage, uh, the first thing I want us to see today is that we each have a struggle to believe God. Now, maybe that's a struggle you're going through right now. Uh, Maybe that's a struggle you've had in the past. Maybe that's a struggle you'll have later. The reality is, it's probably all of that. But no matter when it happens in your life, the the struggle's real. Sometimes, uh, you know, we mess each other up in the church. And and what I mean by that is, we think we we have to act like we have it all together. That That if we're having struggles to believe God, then we just can't talk about it. We just kind of got to keep that to ourselves until it passes. Or when we're followers of Jesus for a certain amount of time, and it depends on who you're talking to of how long that should be or what the circumstances should be that, that change this, and, and when you're a follower of Jesus you've been through a lot, we're supposed to come or, or we think we come to a place, maybe it's through internal pressure that we have, um, or maybe it's through false pressure that we put on each other, where, where we say, We can't say any more out loud that I'm struggling to believe God because I've I've been through too much. Maybe it's because you had a great season of faith and and all the believers around you were were, um, celebrating the faith you had. And so now you can't possibly let them know that now you're struggling. You're struggling with that faith. Here's the thing. When we do that to one another... We don't necessarily mean to, but that's extremely unloving to one another in the body of Christ. And it's not a good witness to those that are around us. We each have a struggle to believe God. Let me show you what I mean. I want you to think for just a minute about what we know of Sarah's life and and Abraham's up until this point. In Genesis 12, um, God had called Abram at 75 years old. We, we looked at that last week. And he called Abram and his family out of the land of Ur, and he promised to bless them, to make them into a great nation, to make his name great. And he promised that through them all the families of the earth would be blessed. Now, when God made that promise, Abraham probably didn't really fully understand what, what he meant at that point. But it, it sounded pretty good, right? Your family is going to be blessed. You're going to have multitudes of of children. Your descendants after you will be great. But then we had the mess that John talked to us about last week in Egypt where they were struggling to believe that promise, and so they took matters into their own hands and and lied about uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, to Pharaoh. You see, just as as all that came about, it was because they had gotten to the land um, that was promised, and when they did, there was a famine. And so they left to go to Egypt to try to find food. But then all that stuff stirred up. They lied. They didn't trust God. They struggled to believe Him. But God protected them. God protected Sarah, even though Abram struggled to believe God. Then, just to remind you, God came and gave the promise to Abram again when Abram was around 85 years old. We see that in chapter 15. And he says, your heir will be your very own son. And through him, your offspring shall be as many as the stars in the sky. Have you ever gone out like in, in a rural area where there's no lights? And then you've, you look up in the sky at night and you can count stars. Uh, well, you can't count stars. That's the point. There are so many. Um, my greatest experience of this was um, out backpacking in Wyoming. Um, and there was just so many stars. And I thought, oh, now I see what God meant to Abraham. It says, with that promise, Abram believes God. Now, think just a minute. So Abram is believing God, even at 85 years old. That means Sarah was around 75 at this point. Abram's believing God. Once they heard that promise, you know what they probably did? They believed this promise of God, and so they probably um, worked through the natural means to have children regularly, again and again and again, but The natural means didn't work, and the child didn't come. And so Sarah said, let's try something else. And so she brought Hagar, her servant, to Abram, to Abraham, so that through Hagar, a child could be provided. Abraham went along with it again, struggling to believe God. And then in chapter 17, verse 16, after 13 years of silence from this last point, we see God tell Abraham again, even though you you and Sarah are struggling to believe me, I'm going to give you a son because I made a covenant with you. I made a promise that you were going to be the father of a multitude of nations, and that I'm going to do that through Sarah as I promised to do because that's how I'm going to bless the nations through you like I said I would. So here's the thing. Abraham and Sarah struggled to believe God. And when things got real, the dangers or barriers in this world arose, they tended to forget God's promise. And they just really have a hard time believing that it was going to happen because it just didn't look like it would to them. And so they often took matters into their own hands. Do you ever do that? Do you ever struggle to believe that God's really for you and God's at work? And so you just take matters into your own hands. I wish I could tell you I didn't, um, but I do. My family can tell you that. You see, we all come to situations in our lives where, like Sarah, what we see screams, no way that's happening, or that can't be true. After all the context, now look back to verses 9 to 12, and let me, let me read them again. Because again, the Lord's talking to Abraham in verse 9, and he says, again, let me just read it again. They said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he, and, and he said, she's in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? You know, Sarah's laugh here is just an outpouring of what's going on on the inside. It's what she feels inside. Has someone ever caught you off guard um, with a comment or an accusation? And they caught you off guard and so you didn't have time or, or, or you didn't take the time to stop and think about your response? And so what you really felt on the inside is just what came out. Remember, Sarah and Abraham have been trying to believe this promise for around 25 years since God first promised it to Abraham. And we see evidence. They're trying to believe it. They're trying to operate in it. And now the passage tells us Sarah was old. And and even considering that aging was a little bit different, um, the passage still tells us the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Sarah. So she was supposed to be past the ability to have children. All the signs of of her being able to do so are gone. And so when she hears this again, after 25 years of trying to figure this out, she laughs. All she can think of is, yeah, right. That can't be true. That's not going to happen. 25 years is a long time to wait for something. Is there anything you've waited for for 25 years? Now, through this time of waiting, the Lord had renewed the promise three different times. And even though they continued to struggle to believe, now when the last bit of human hope is gone, the natural efforts didn't work. God didn't like the Hagar-Ishmael solution they came up with. The physical ability is now gone. So now what? And see, here's what I think is going on with Sarah right now. Is in Sarah's heart, uh, she's completely focused on the the situation, the circumstance. And she's saying, there's no way I can have a kid right now. And because she's so focused on that situation, and y'all, it's understandable, right? It's understandable that that's all she can see in front of her at this moment. But because that's all she can see... She can't even look to the bigger promise. The promise bigger than just her and Abraham, that that I'm going to make you and Abraham with with you, Sarah. I'm going to make you, it's the father of many nations, and you will be a blessing. Sometimes in our lives, we scream, no way this can happen. Sometimes we laugh. We we mock God. We mock God's promise with our unbelief because we do what Sarah is doing. We become too focused on an individual situation, forgetting God's bigger promise, the promise that is to anyone who is a follower of Jesus, the promise to be cared for by him, the promise to be a blessing to those around us and make His name known. We, like Sarah, struggle to believe God. And when we struggle to believe God, I want to tell you something that might be terrifying, but it shouldn't be. When you struggle to believe God, God knows your struggles, and he knows your doubts. And again, that might be terrifying. You see, Sarah figured it out. She thought she was being quiet in verse 9. But it says um, there in the passage that she laughed to herself. Or better translated, she laughed within herself. You know the kind of thing I'm talking about. When, when I read this passage, I picture the, the response of, a, of like when a teenager rolls their eyes. Oh, yeah, right. Except that the language here depicts, shows us that, that no visible or audible sign was made of her laugh. No one around her could have seen it or heard it. But the Lord heard it. Verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child, now that I am old? And then in verse 15, But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. She said, No, but you did laugh. Sarah realized God knew, and it terrified her. And God knows this about us as well. He knows all of our thoughts. Do you understand even as they're sitting there in your living room or wherever you're engaging with this service today, you and I are not hiding anything from Him. So that thing you just thought of right now that you hope no one else knows, yes, God knows about that too. If you want to know how deeply God knows you, take some time this afternoon and read Psalm 139. It tells us he discerns our thoughts from afar. He's acquainted with all our ways. Even before a word is on our tongue, he knows it. That has been the case since his eyes saw our unformed bodies being knit together in our mother's womb. That is how much he knows us and our struggles and our doubts. And so I said this might be terrifying, and it was terrifying to Sarah, but it shouldn't be terrifying to her, and it shouldn't be terrifying to us. Because when we grow to know the character of God toward His people, when we grow to know that His knowledge of us, coupled with His character, then the fact that He knows all our thoughts and struggles and doubts, that should actually be an encouragement to us. You know why? Why? the same God who knows your struggles, the same God who knows your doubts, He says, I still choose to love you. I was talking with one of our young members a couple weeks ago. And the heart of the conversation was, but I have doubts at times. And the best thing I can share is that, yeah, we all do. We all have places in our lives where we struggle to believe God and His promise. But God already knows it. And knowing it, He has said He chooses to love those who acknowledge our sin before Him and that our only hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we follow Him. That should be comforting to us. God saying, I still declare you to be mine. I'm still committed to completing my purposes to help others know me through you. Because that means we can bring anything to him. And that leads us to our next point. That God strengthens our faith as he points us back to him. Verse 14, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. For the Hebrew person reading this passage, the, the phrase that would stand out, see for us a lot of times what stands out first is, is anything too hard? But for the Hebrew person reading this passage, what would stand out is the, for the Lord. The word used for Lord here is the, is the Yahweh It's the word that was not even utterable. Um, And so the the name of the the covenant-keeping God, the one who completes what he says he will do. And so when we're reading this story and we get to this part, it's a reminder to look to the Lord. And then in the second half of the verse, the Lord doubles down. He's like, this is going to happen at the appointed time next year, the same time that's been appointed since I told you this to begin with. It's going to happen at the appointed time next year, Because this is about what I'm going to do. It's not about your level of faith. It's not about how much you struggle to believe. It's about what I'm going to do. Now, I want to take you forward just a minute in this story um, to, to chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Because it says there, Now this time next year, what we just promised, now we're a year ahead. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore him, Isaac. By the way, his name means laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded. Abraham was hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, "God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me." And she said, "Who would have said that Abraham to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age." See, God pointed Sarah and Abraham to look away from the circumstances and to look to him. When we choose, our, choose to live our lives allowing our faith to be dictated by how things are going for us, by what things look like right now around us, when that's how we choose to live our lives, we're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves of contentment, of fulfillment, of joy, of hope. We're robbing ourselves of those things that come in looking to him. And we're certainly not a blessing to others. Because when we get so focused on the problem at hand, when we don't run to him, we can't be a witness to others who also need him. We need to learn and relearn again and again to look away from our circumstances and look to God just as Sarah and Abraham had to learn and keep learning. When we do that, here's, a, here, here's what's interesting, is that when we do that, sometimes God even changes the circumstances. God loves his children And often, we we even see him change circumstances. And God may not change the circumstances. But God will give you strength to walk through the circumstances and the hurts and the disappointments that the circumstances bring. But No matter how he goes about that, what we know for sure from Scripture is God will not leave those who are his people. He will not leave those who have come to him through the work of Jesus. He will not leave those who have acknowledged their struggle to believe. For Sarah and for Abraham. It doesn't mean they finally got it and never struggled to believe God the rest of their lives. We see other instances in their lives where they were still not you know where they still struggled to believe. They eventually did, but they would struggle with it. but we do see in Hebrews 11 that it says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Our faith, Is not strengthened as we grasp to gain control of circumstances. Our faith is not strengthened because everything goes like we think it should. Our faith is strengthened. When even in the struggles to believe, we recognize that God is at work. We look to Him again and again. And if you're one of the the, the, the people who may kind of think, well, yes, and I've got to learn to do that again and again, but but I don't need the body of Christ. This is why we need the body of Christ. You know, I'm so grateful that we can do this this online service today with the circumstances. But this should not be the norm. Because we need one another. We need one another to point one another to look back to our Lord so that our faith may be strengthened. So as we close today on this message, I want to ask you to do something with me. And we're spread out um, all over the county, um, but I still want to do this together. And so I invite you in your homes um, with, maybe you're by yourself, maybe you're with a spouse or with children, with other family that have gathered, um, but I want to invite you um, to take a few minutes and pray these two prayers, these prayers out loud. I'm going to say them now and then we'll stop and pray them. But Lord, please do things that will show us that you're at work so that my faith, my family's faith, our church's faith, and the faith of those around us will grow. And then second, Lord, please keep pointing us back to you and give us faith. Increase our faith, even when you do not do the things we want you to do. And so I'm going to give you um, three or four minutes, and I I would really encourage you to just stop and pray that with your family right now. And then I'll come come back um, here on screen, and I'll close us up in just a few moments. Please just stop now and take this time to pray to our Lord. Lord, we, we do pray that prayer. Lord, that you would do things to show us that you're at work. And Lord, through that, you would strengthen our faith. Lord, that we would be a church, Lord, that wants to keep looking to you. And, Lord, that we would together grow in faith. And, Lord, that as we do, Lord, we would be a blessing to those around us. That others might see and believe. Lord, that they might have new faith. Because we serve a God who is faithful. And we ask these things In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you in your homes um, to sing the doxology with me. There's no instruments, and there's really no singers up here, but I'm here, um, and so I want to lead us in that together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.